0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. Every company has a story to tell. From the small startup to the large enterprise, and everything in between, this is one of them. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: And here we are, this is Sean Martin, host of Redefining Cybersecurity Podcast on ITSP Magazine. And uh, I get to chat with all kinds of cool people uh, who are at Black Hat uh, as we cover many topics uh, from the events and the surrounding activities all at hacker summer camp 2023 and we get to hear some brand stories from some organizations some new some old uh this is a relatively new company we've spoken to a few times good friends work there and uh we get to meet and chat with alex this time from brinka alex how are you
0: i'm doing well sean thanks
1: and uh, you, you're melting away, but not as much as uh, as you would be in your hometown. And so you're in Vegas, kind of melting, but not not nearly as much, right?
0: It's, uh that's exactly right. Very very good choice of words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> An opportunity, a chance to uh, to unmelt later, I think. Yeah. But um, let's before we get into what you're hearing and uh, the the topic of. of uh, Application security posture management. Let's uh let's find out a little bit about who Alex is and your role at Brinca and what's going on.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so thanks. So so for those listening, so I'm I'm Alex Babar. I lead I lead product marketing at at Brinca. Um, joined relatively recently. As, you know, Brinca recently took a, a large round of funding in late 2021 to to solve some big fun problems. We'll get to that later though. Um, before that, I like I like to joke that I'm a five to ten year old in cybersecurity. Um, and that's predominantly on the vendor side, kind of spanning product marketing, product management, kind of like solution management type roles. Um, and it's been more on like kind of the startup scale up side of the world, just because like my kind of you know personal personal passion is like how do you bring cool technologies to market, you know, that actually solve real world problems. And so that's spanned across. You know, I started identity and access management when uh, for those of you are in that space, like when customer identity was kind of becoming more trendy, uh, moved over to, to software supply chain security, application security, and then then Brinka found me and I, I heard their story and really bought in. And we'll get to some of this later, but based on my experiences so far on the AppSec side, just how, how noisy it really was. Um, but yeah, like, I think maybe, um, Sean, if you don't mind, like just very quick, like, 30 seconds on, on Brinka for those unfamiliar. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, the short version is that Brink is a SAT, for those of you who don't know, Brinca is a SaaS platform that, that centralizes all your vulnerability and security findings into essentially unified graph database. And, and kind of the, the claim to fame is that this actually spans across infrastructure, cloud, and application security. Um, the application security piece I think is the reason we're actually here chatting today, <laughs> Sean. So I'll say, I'll say some of that for later, but just, yep. I think I'll give everyone a, sense of kind of who I am, where I'm coming from, and, and what Brinca does as well.
1: Yeah, and it, it's harder, and continues to get harder to keep things separate. Uh, you, in the old days, perhaps you can keep an application separate from a system, and and systems comprised of hardware and and software and and uh, and other elements that that make it run. Of course, everything is together now, especially when when things are running in the cloud and API driven and data is all over the place and it's being uh, generated with artificial intelligence, uh, the, the scenarios and the use cases are intertwined. Uh, so taking a single view is, is tough, but sometimes necessary to get into the nuts and bolts of it for that particular area, which I think is what we're going to do today. So we're going to look at app risk management and application, application and security posture management. And let's uh Let's start there because I think folks probably know what security posture is and, and have spent decades trying to figure out how to increase and improve that. Uh, I would imagine application security posture management is a similar objective uh, with a, a special slice and view of, of the app stack. So maybe describe this space uh, so, so we have a baseline understanding what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- I think you I think you put it well and like like my my running kind of joke not joke in the space right now. It's ASPM are four letters that now uh my, my predictions for a variety of reasons we'll get into are going to become very commonly seen and heard. <laughs> um, but the concept isn't really new. So so like Sean, like you said, so application security posture management is exactly what it sounds like but i think the details also also matter like well why why is it showing up so much like like no joke i was walking the floor yesterday at black hat and besides the fact that it took me 3 hours <laughs> to to look at all the booths like the the amount of times i saw someone either say you know application security posture prioritize correlate like um it was literally over 20 different vendors and so brink is obviously included in that but you know um as far as like why so you use a term earlier, app risk management. So really at the end of the day, there was, you know, uh, application security testing tools or detecting, you know, vulnerabilities and weaknesses in your applications. Um, But as, you know, there's more and more different asset types, (laughs) more and more different technologies, you have more and more different scanners testing for more and more different results. And it's kind of created its own problem of just, if I even only siloed application security, forget kind of the infrastructure and, and the cloud side of the world, I've got too much stuff coming from too many different places. So it's really just as simple as like, where do I put all that stuff? Um, kind of practically, but then for the security postures, I want to put it on the same spot, um, so to speak, so that I can then uh, essentially correlate that to my actual business, my actual applications, my actual software products, to then understand the kind of that simple concept of what is the security posture of my application? Um, that's that's probably enough for, for right now. But the reason I think it's it's trending is so for those that haven't heard the term, but maybe the concept resonates. So so Gartner, um, in early May, kind of you know placed their flag in the ground with uh, they have a piece they do called Innovation Insight um, that they start off at a, when emerging technologies when they think there's a big enough market there that they need to support. Right. So they came out with a this is their new official term you know for that concept. So if you've heard of, you know, app risk management, vulnerability management for applications, it's all kind of the same thing. It's just now there's some specialness to the phrase ASPM and application security posture management, because now it's g- that's what kind of gained traction. So like the, the good of it is that there's now this term <laughs> to to use to communicate a concept um, in the same way, you know, like that's great. The The bad of it is it's just, you know, it's right for now buzz and jargon and you know it's like gonna be the next zero trust you know before you know it oh no
1: let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that yeah. so it, typically if if there's enough excitement uh and and momentum behind uh some activity and some conversations now Gartner and Fairness um they they do talk to a lot of organizations and CISOs and security leaders uh in these organizations to kind of get a view of what they're struggling with, uh, what they think they need in terms of solutions to these problems. So, th- there must be something in there that warrants uh, the the new term, the new category, and kind of collapsing perhaps multiple things into one one phrase that we can sling around. Um, so, what perhaps what makes this unique? What yeah. what are the what are the pieces parts? That come together that that give it a little extra room than all the individual pieces on their own.
0: Yeah, so I'd, I'd say like if you think about it in like the the opposite direction of of what what's going on right now, it's it's essentially like security backlogs are just impossible, right? So it seems like kind of just the the world, the security world in general, is realizing like it's it's not a get to zero, it's a what's posing the most risk, right? And so. Um, when you kind of flip that question over, okay, if I, if I have X number of vulnerabilities and I know I'm going to essentially accept the risk of kind of the, the least risky, you start having a lot of, you know, more serious questions on them. (laughs) Like what, you know, what product line are they associated with? Do we have any compensating controls in place? You know, are there any kind of um, compliance regulations tied to it, like PII or PCI or any of that sort of stuff? So, so, one of kind of the key elements of ASPM is so when you think of like, hey, a, a detection tool finding the the actual vulnerability, on the ASPM side. So, so this category of software is built to not only unify it, but then correlate that data with business context, threat intelligence, um, to essentially just s- score risk. But that's really just a prioritization mechanism, right? So you can now have a to put it this way a documented approach to how your um, planning to remediate the backlog. Right. And the interesting part too, I think the documented piece is, is pretty important these days, ever since, you know um, you know, for better, for worse, the legal or forced to. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, when, when I chat with CISO starting new roles and they're they're worried about the legal language on being held personally liable for, you know, the risk the business is facing, like it kind of changes that conversation, like the level of depth I want to be able to, and understand to make sure that I, I'm doing what I can right? and we have capacity for here. But then, even more than that piece, I think that's where one of the reasons right now, um, I was speaking to someone else. A literal quote they gave me we were on a tear buying, det- <laughs> and then, you know, with the macro headwind is coming in analyze all that and kind of prove the value of what we're doing. Um, and when it's too um, detached from this itself, the business units, it becomes just internally. So, so I think these are all kind of like the swarm, if you will, that are kind of giving some uh, for, for ASPM to rise up, but for, um, you know, it, it, it seems like some analysis on this, Gartner has as well, it seems like it, it's pretty clear. It's, you know, we're talking about like current five or 10% of the market currently using this at this level of maturity, right? Like um, most folks by this time have, have their SAS tools in place, their SCA detection tools and the next iteration on that, that maturity of, hey, now that we know all this stuff is here, get more sophisticated. And that's where the A is offering you the tool set to be more how you're actually handling and reducing the risk. It's not just particular vulnerability.
1: Yeah, so I, I want to maybe ask this because I think, to your point, I, I think organizations have matured over time and, and have processes and and teams and tools, looking at a lot of these things, um, how, how would you advise security professionals, be it practitioners or leaders, uh, trying to navigate this new space? Um, how, how do they figure out, well, where does this fit in? What changes do I need to make? What, what, what impact does it have on my program across those three things, people, process, technology?
0: Yeah, so I, th- I think some, some really good questions to ask is just, uh, you know, uh, at Brinka, we did a customer webinar uh, with with and They used the phrase, you know, their security leadership team of self-identification. <laughs> um, and as there is the story, the story really resonated with me because essentially they're saying, you know, there, there's, there's going, they called it the hamster wheel. <laughs> there's the hamster wheel of vulnerabilities. They were just continue to kind of make progress on the backlog versus... Asking the question, do we truly believe and know that we're actually reducing risk to the organization? Um, and think, you know, thinking of those two as two different things. So, so one is kind of like I'd say internal, like before the buzz or anything kind of catches your attention, just stepping back and asking yourself, you know, if you know, and, and it's getting more topical now, like if the board or the CEO or some some non-security executive asked me some simple questions, but hard to answer ones of <laughs> which of my product lines are are most, you know uh have the most risk associated with them from a security perspective, right? Um, I think that's the opening. And then the rest is I think there is a maturity, right? So um there's steps if you're not finding anything, uh, you know, if 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 you're still investing in detecting, you know, that that's fair. Um but uh the the way I liked this put to me from uh you know he, he's a CISO at a, at a at a startup kind of former Brink of customer was you always had to be mindful of the finding and fixing ratio. <laughs> Um, so like, there's no point in from his perspective. Right. And then I think that every company's is going to have a different appetite of finding more and more stuff that I can't actually do anything with or do anything about. And that's also where I think in the last year, it's felt like, you know, before folks have wanted to know about it, even if they couldn't act on it. And now it's almost becoming a liability for better or for worse to know about something and have no plan in place to to do anything about it. Right. So I think that's where where the the kind of places that i would encourage someone to look you know introspectively into their own organizations of just you know like like how much are we dealing with how much progress are we making how much risk is it actually reducing um to the business and if if you end up with more questions than answers and i think like that aspm space like that's a tool set um that would start getting interesting for them because you can see how like products were built to solve those problems and and then you know at that point it's it's off to off to the races on like technology you know there's a big integration play like does it fit you know but well, we won't go into those weeds today. <laughs> um, but I think, like you know, conceptually, folks will be able to appreciate that.
1: Yeah. So, so talk to me. I mean, because we 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 have sliced off a silo here to to dig in a little bit. Yep. But as I, I think we've both touched on, there's so much to the infrastructure that it's hard to keep mm. things separate. Yep. And broader beyond just the infrastructure. Infra is the operations as well, and when we start talking about apps and app security and security posture management, uh, this isn't just just like system security isn't just mm-hmm. security's responsibility. It's IT ops. Um, when we look at apps, we have DevOps, yeah. and uh, chances are they're running in the clouds. You have cloud ops. So how how do you build an ASPM? That takes those different ops parts to uh, to heart and actually promotes collaboration and and a process that that actually can help you actually close the gap on some of this stuff yeah. and raise that posture, right? Raise that bar, that's the goal.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So I, I love that you brought the keeping things separate concept <laughs> back up because I heard you say in the beginning I took a note because I wanted to circle back on it. But um, that, that's actually how Brinka got into um, the, the space like ASPM. So, so traditionally we, we helped folks, you know, prioritize and, you know, automate remediation and report on risks on their infrastructure. So think like, you know, your, your is rapid seven tenable findings. Right. Um, cause so conceptually, um, well tangibly from our customer, we started being asked, can we also do that for their, you know, check marks, findings, their sneak findings, their verified barcode findings, like that sort of thing. Right. And essentially it turned into, Hey, now Fast forward, you said DevOps, but into like cloud native software development, the line between infrastructure and cloud and applications is getting awfully blurry, right? Um, the the one thing I kind of I want to say though to, to to your question is it, it does feel like there's a, an underlying challenge because there are so many uh, risks in the business, and there's no shortage of like I mean if if you know you're a black eye, you go through the anyone that's gone through kind of that startup alley of new ways to just detect all this stuff, right? You know, the hard-coded secrets in code, the misconfigurations in your CI/CD pipeline tools, like all this different stuff. Um, but it's almost like, hey, if you go and implement that process, in addition to what you already have, you're really just now creating more silos of more data, right? So I'd say, like, I kind of encourage, like, the ASPM thought to almost be like, hey, yes, there's a lot to be done, but... You know everyone take a step back for a second and think hey would it be a good time to think about architecturally should i I think about kind of putting that all in one place so that i can get that macro level view right so i can see hey this coming from the findings see the picture of hey this is you know um coming from like like operations is coming from the cloud but also tying it back to the business to kind of stay out of the weeds um and what i mean by that is just so you know it's easy to think in terms of assets and vulnerabilities you know there, there's a difference between you know the infrastructure is code script that's being used to you know deploy my flagship product and one that's being used to kind of deploy something in sandbox right just from a prioritization perspective so yeah. I'd say those are kind of like the, the the foundational elements that that we're seeing it's uh there, there wasn't such a technology and there wasn't enough findings to to need the technology you know five years ago that's where it seems like like we are now it's almost like a I think the question's like when do you pause real quick on kind of finding more things and interject yourself into hey let's kind of create a little bit of a foundation to put all those things into that we can right. scale up on if that makes sense
1: yeah and and sets the stage for uh handling scope as it continues to grow yeah. over time because chances are you're going to add more apps and and do hybrid multi-cloud and some on, uh, on yeah. and some public, I mean, it just, it gets really nuts. So yeah, I think taking a moment to prepare yourself and to prepare, prepare your team and, and the flow of how you deal with this stuff, I think is super important. I want to touch on the, um, you said painting a picture and, and getting into the weeds. So to me, that's the executive view and the, and the, uh, the practitioner view of this. Mm-hmm. Um, which are both important, but they have to come together and, and uh, support each other in both directions. So how – let's maybe look at some of the conversations you've had at Black Hat mm-hmm. as, you're, as you're talking to folks. What are some of those executive-level conversations like and what are some of the practitioner conversations like, and do you see that connection between the two in a, in a meaningful way?
0: yeah so 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 yes and no and so so i think i want to kind of like put the caution out there on you know aspm because of being the the kind of hyped up term that it is for better for worse and i do believe that there's there's something there um as you could hear from me it's uh you know not all tools are created equal and so some of that has to do with scope right so you're talking about all Mm -hmm. things um and just just for context setting for for the audience so bring bring primarily serves like larger enterprises right So so folks that already have a bunch of kind of tooling in place and are looking to get that macro picture. Um, The conversation we're having between the executive and practitioner level, though, is kind of twofold. So one, no matter how you slice all this stuff, inevitably it ends up in some report, you know, that the CISO is presenting to, you know, often like non-security stakeholders, Right. Yep. And so 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 as we know that that trend's getting that the report's going out to more senior <laughs> now, it's getting to, to board level in <laughs> some organizations, right? So we think about the report, and so so maybe that's the problem, but you have to unpack that quite a bit. And this is where kind of that pratic- practitioner element goes into is how are those reports actually constructed today? It's like, well, I gotta export snapshots of data from a dozen different tools and then kind of like piecemeal stuff together via Excel pivot tables or Power BI. And and so there's like the practical challenges of that, just how inefficient it is. But then also there's like the practical challenges of that from like a time lag perspective, because now you're reporting on snapshots of data and not kind of like continuous, you know, um, slices of that data. Um, And then it was interesting from a security perspective, we hear a lot, um, there's maybe some concern that, you know, what's the source of truth? You know, once you've exported it and you have it in, you know, now it's in Excel, it's like, well, what's actually the truth? And when you go up to, I say like, what you're really trying to do is get more maybe resources or emphasis on remediating uh, issues in an application. Um, But when the development team is working in like, you know, Jira, for example, and the security team's working in in a different tool, like keeping those tools in sync creates its own problem. So if I'm the CISO and go to report and say, hey, you know, I'm like banging my fist on the table. What aren't we doing about this? I lose a lot of credibility very instantly when it says, well, we already did something about it. Your tool's out of date, Right. So there has been a lot of in getting all this in one tool where you can go, I call it up and down. <laughs> so yep. you're building the reports, the executive level reports, but you can also think like click through the executive level ports to get down into the details because the problem with those executive level reports is they're not actionable for anyone that needs to actually <laughs> remediate the issues, right? It's like, well, what specific asset, what specific vulnerability, like you have to yep. get down to that level. Um, so I think that's where it's coming together It's having all that in one place, right? As opposed to just like it's, it's, it's spread across.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause let's not forget that the, uh, the R and D teams having their moment at the, uh, the executive leadership team meetings telling their story. And, uh, if they're talking about how, how, uh, crappy the security process is and the impact it has on the CICD and uh, delivery pipeline, that's not a good, not a good thing. Even if you're Security posture presentation is, is perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it, it, what's really cool about this, and then this is again like I've been on the vendor side, but you know, listening to our customers, kind of practitioners, what I what I hear, things like I hear it's you know, also on the security side, it's it's why would I make a big fuss about this new thing that popped out when I have, and I'm going to that meeting of look, I have a lot of known critical vulnerabilities tied to an important application that are now out of SLA, right? So it's it's not just what do I need to remediate, where's my risk, but literally today. <laughs> where do we focus our energy? Where do we focus the conversation? Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, what's most urgent for the business? Uh, I've heard it phrased as kind of like nest, next best action, you know? Oh. Um, so, so as I've seen it used kind of both ways, kind of strategically, you know, are we doing something wrong? Um, but also like more more tactically, like, hey, I just, I need to escalate this. Um, and helping, and as I said, it, it helps the, like usually routes to a GM, you know, of a business line. Yep, that, that, That's who maybe I need to appeal to To a development resource, just answer the question exactly of what's LA if it is a like critical thing,
1: yeah. So, on that note, I think the the next next best action (laughs) here, I think we touched on it earlier, is uh, Mm -hmm. kind of preparing yourself for uh, what's to come, Um, and so having a platform in place that that has access to all this information and can pull it together in a meaningful way so that you can actually take multiple next best actions uh that not just keeps the team busy but actually improves the application security posture as well as your overall security posture I think that's the uh, that's the main goal so uh next best action is to uh connect with you Alex and if if folks are still in Vegas and they want to want to catch up uh, they should do that. Meet the team, of course. Uh, beyond Hacker Summer Camp, uh, there's always a way to connect with the Brinca team, and we'll include links in the in the show notes for that. Um, so, Alex, it's been been a great chat. Thanks for uh, enlightening me, me on the new the new term and the new category and and what it means. Uh, I think sounds like a good good path forward to me uh, to to kind of set the stage and be prepared for what's coming.
0: Yeah. Th- and thanks for having me, Sean. Really appreciate it. And yeah, we do have a Brinka booth at the Black Hat Hall. If, if anyone's here, um, I'll be there this afternoon. If anyone can, anyone wants to come say hi, uh, please do. I'll be staying in the AC.
1: Yes. Stay cool. Stay cool. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, tons of great conversations here from uh, Black Hat USA 2023, including uh, this one here with our good friends from Brinka. And uh, stay tuned, there's lots more, I think at least a couple more conversations uh, heading your way from Hacker Summer Camp. So stay tuned, subscribe, share with your friends, and uh, comment if you have some ideas on the topics we're covering. Thank you everyone.
0: We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and the story made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.